Are you looking for a new job? Then today's sponsor might be right up your alley. Today's episode is brought to you by RGF Professional Recruitment Japan, the bilingual arm of Recruit, Japan and Asia's largest recruiting and information service company, helping thousands of people every year to unleash their potential. RGF partners with multinational and domestic businesses with a global outlook in Japan to provide market-leading bilingual talent across all industries. Their career consultants ensure that your job search is smooth and stress-free whilst identifying the best opportunities to meet your career and personal goals. RGF specialises in finding positions for skilled professionals across all functions of enterprise technology, professional services and consulting, consumer technology, back office and finance, industrial and manufacturing and healthcare. Visit rgf-professional.jp, that's rgf-professional.jp, to register your resume and unleash your potential today. That link is in the show notes. Hello and welcome to Deep Dive from the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd. This week... Japan's strict border policies are finally relaxing, at least a little bit, and from March, new entrants will be allowed to come to the country once again. Kanako Takahara, head of the Japan Times' domestic news team, joins Deep Dive to give us the details. Kanako, welcome to Deep Dive. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So early last week, we got hints that Japan's border policies would soon be relaxed. And then we were told that Prime Minister Kishida would be holding a news conference on Thursday. You were at that news conference. So could you tell me a bit about what happened and what was announced there? Right. It was on Thursday evening. Uh, I think it was broadcast live on NHK and everyone was there. It was packed, but staggered in a socially distanced way. And it was the first time that Prime Minister Kishida held a former press conference since early January. So quite a big event. It was. And uh, Kishida made three announcements that uh, the new entries for people who are not tourists will be allowed from March. Uh, and also quarantine period for all will be shortened to three days from the current seven days. And the number of people allowed in a day will be increased from 3,500 to 5,000. Okay, so this is a major shake-up to Japan's border restrictions. For Japan, yes, I would say. Maybe not for other, in terms of, uh, you know, international standards, but still. What's interesting for me was that Kishida was saying that Japan's border uh, restrictions will remain the strictest among the group of seven nations. And he was saying it so proudly that uh, that was interesting. It kind of summarized the tone, what the, the atmosphere is in Japan, because a lot of people still are supportive of uh, Kishida's uh, border restrictions. So he was trying to assure the public that even if we ease the entry restrictions, it's still the strictest. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember when the most recent round of restrictions 
were put in place at the end of November, right. his poll ratings went through the roof, right? right, right. right. And like something like 89% of the general public supported the fact that they'd taken such strict border measures. Right. So NHK poll back in like early December showed that about 80% of the public were supportive of the entry restrictions. And that number declined to around 60 earlier this month, but it's still like 60% of people mm-hmm. want the border restrictions in place. Yeah, it remains a very high number, and we'll come back to that a little bit later in the show. But before we go too deep into the specifics of the most recent changes, could you just give us a quick reminder of how Japan's border policy has changed over the course of the pandemic? Sure. It all started around April 2020, that the borders were shut And then it turned out that foreign residents in Japan were not able to re-enter if they were, for instance, going back home to see their relatives, family and friends and coming back home. And that became a really big problem. Yeah, so this was the strictest period of the entry bans where for foreign residents such as myself was to leave the country, they wouldn't be allowed to return. Correct, correct. And that's kind of bizarre. And that continued until around September of that year. So about five months. And that was a huge, huge topic for the foreign community in Japan. And then it gradually opened up to other business travelers as well until it was shut down at the uh, end of December when the uh, alpha variant was detected and they shut the borders for new entries, Mm -hmm. not foreign residents, but new entries were all banned. And then that kind of continued for the next 10 months, 10 months or 11 months or so until, you know, Japan's entry ban was lifted back in uh, November of last year. Right. And this opening in November, that was the first time since December 2020 that new foreign residents were allowed to come to the country. But because of Omicron, which emerged, what, just like a couple of weeks later, the opening lasted only about three weeks. Three weeks, correct. And then finally... It was last week when Kishida said that starting March, that new entries will be allowed for non-tourist visitors. Okay, so who exactly will be allowed to enter from the beginning of March? So non-tourists, that would be like foreign students, business travelers, foreign technical interns, Mm -hmm. foreign researchers, but not people who want to just come in for pleasure. Okay. And what do these people need to do to be able to come into the country? So they need a sponsor, meaning like if you are a foreign student, uh, university would would be the sponsor. Mm -hmm. And for, for business travelers, then it'll be like companies, for instance. And they will make sure that uh, you know all the rules of quarantine if you need it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then make sure that if you have some kind of COVID symptoms, then you'll be able to seek medical attention because a lot lot of these new people coming in and who doesn't necessarily have a uh, home Mm -hmm. or kind of like a network Mm -hmm. in Japan, that they'll be able to go see a doctor, for instance. You said earlier that Prime Minister Kishida seemed proud to announce that even despite these most recent relaxations, Japan still has the strictest border restrictions out of all the G7 countries. 
and also that the public is still in support of border restrictions. So what prompted Kishida and the government to relax the border measures and allow new entrants again from March? Well, two points, I guess. The businesses, foreign and domestic business lobby groups, were really pushing Kishida mm-hmm. to open the uh, borders for business travelers. Keidanren has been pushing uh, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And this is the main business lobby in Right, Japan. right, right. So they were saying that it's tantamount to an isolation policy back in the Edo period mm-hmm. when Japan closed for nearly 200 years, mm-hmm. back in like... 1600s. So, yeah, uh, that was quite uh, shocking. And also, there are a lot of uh, foreign students uh, lobbying as well. And that was channeled into the LDP, uh, the ruling party, which Kishida heads. Mm -hmm. The LDP was also pushing uh, Kishida to open the borders because a lot of these foreign students were giving up and changing their destination to other countries, like, for instance, South Korea. And uh, they were concerned about that. Mm-hmm. The people were giving up on Japan because of this policy and right. moving to other countries and, and right. living there instead. They were saying that uh, these uh, would-be foreign, foreign students coming to study in Japan would be like a very friendly ambassador to mm-hmm. Japan in the future. So not giving them chance to study in Japan would be damaging for Japan's international reputation, they were saying. Mm-hmm. So who did we see speaking out about this topic within Kishida's party? Well, there was uh, definitely the uh, LDP uh, policy committee chairman on education, a uh, politician called Yamamoto. And there was also Kometo, the uh, LDP's junior coalition partner, also speaking out and saying that foreign students should be uh, allowed in. Mm-hmm. So these two parties. Mm-hmm. And how much does the fact that Japan's actually gone through its own pretty significant wave of Omicron cases play into this decision to open the borders? Because previously it seemed like Japan was closing its borders to keep the variant out. But, you know, once Omicron was established here and we we're seeing 100,000 cases a day right. nationwide, it doesn't really make sense to keep that policy up correct, in the same correct. way. So how much did the change of the medical situation in Japan affect the decision to relax the borders? Right. From the start, uh, Kishida and the government were saying that, you know, because the the infection situation in Japan and other countries were significantly different in the way that Omicron cases were not so much detected in Japan, but there are a lot of cases in other countries. So it made sense to close the borders for the time being. But as more cases reported from January and on, and we saw at the peak 100,000 cases a day. So the assumption was that there are so many cases in Japan that it, the situation in Japan and other countries are basically the same. It doesn't really uh, make sense to keep the borders shut. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, uh, affected Kishida's uh, decision. Mm-hmm. So how many people do we know are currently waiting to enter the country? We don't know the exact uh, number, but for foreign students, the Immigration Services Agency is seeing up to 150,000 students uh, have been issued visas mm-hmm. and are waiting to come to Japan. But maybe some of them have uh, already changed their minds and uh, some decided to go to another career or mm-hmm. career path. 
but uh, that's what the uh, government data shows. But mm-hmm. we don't know about, for instance, business travelers or foreign workers who need to be posted in Japan. Mm-hmm. So Right, so 150,000 students. Students. And then on top of that, we have everyone who's you know potentially got a work placement in Japan right. who's hoping to move here. Foreign researchers, like, like foreign company executives, for instance. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's going to be far more than... 150,000 people who are waiting to come in. Yeah, yeah. And under these new policies, how quickly will they be able to come into Japan? Well, we don't know yet. The health ministry is going to brief reporters probably next week to get more of the the nuts and bolts of what's going to happen with the entire system. But they are sponsors, which means universities Mm -hmm. and companies need to uh, apply, submit an application online beforehand I would think that it's going to be a a trickle of people coming in Mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect from March 1st, there will be tens of thousands coming in to Japan. Mm -hmm. And and for the reason also that there's still this daily entry cap in place, right? Which is only 5,000 or will be increased to 5,000 people per day. And that's not 5,000 new people, right? That's 5,000 people total coming from overseas into Japan. So it could include existing foreign residents and Japanese citizens. Japanese nationals. So a bump in 1,500 wouldn't be that much. So what the uh, foreign businesses and other universities, for instance, in Keidanen were urging is to, to increase that cap Mm-hmm. so that uh, there will be more people allowed to come in Japan. And one medical expert that I uh, interviewed was saying that there is no really scientific sense to keep on the cap mm-hmm. anymore because there are so many Omicron cases detected in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so in November, when they relaxed the border policies and you know they still had this sponsorship system in place, right, I remember right. um, there were a lot of complaints about how kind of tricky that sponsorship right, system was right. to navigate the amount of paperwork that had to be done, had to be filled in by universities and businesses, etc., to bring people in. And that actually caused a massive delay and kind of effectively shortened that three-week window where the borders were open to almost zero days because everyone was just filling out paperwork for, that, right, right, for right. that period of time. So very, very few people indeed could come into the country right. even when the window was open. Has that system been simplified this time round so that once the borders do open from March, people will be able to come in a little bit quicker? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's what the government is saying. Back in November, when uh, the borders were open for about three weeks, universities or like other sponsors were required to submit some kind of an act activities plan mm. that uh, uh, to show where these uh, new entry people will be staying, for instance, and what they are doing during that two-week period. Mm-hmm. And uh, they need to do that beforehand. And uh, that kind of caused a lot of uh, complaints from universities, from companies, how and what to do with those mm. and uh, the how it's time-consuming. And now they're saying they're not going to ask them to do that. They don't need to submit that. They, it, they're going to simplify procedures, but we'll see more details in the coming week. Okay. Okay. And so what about people who don't have a sponsor, you know, people who are maybe hoping to reunite with loved ones living here or family members, will they be able to come in under the new policies? I don't think so. I guess if they don't have sponsors, then they'll not be allowed, Mm -hmm. which means people like relatives, families, friends who want to enter Japan to meet their loved ones would not be allowed in for now. So I was talking to one of uh, the editors at the Japan Times uh, last week or the week before, 
And he was saying that he had a daughter born uh, last October, mm -hmm. and he wanted his parents back in Canada to come meet the uh, their granddaughter. Mm. But because of the entry ban, that's not going to happen. And they were actually contemplating to meet at a third country, which is bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So uh, these kind of, uh, you know, uh, sad stories, I don't think they will be allowed in for now. But fingers crossed, they will be able to do that in the coming months. So obviously a lot of people over the last two years have been affected massively by these border restrictions. And I think the kind of back and forth on these, you know, going between open and closed over and over again has been particularly anxiety inducing for a lot of people. How have people who've been affected by the border policies in Japan reacted to this relaxation of the borders? So uh, there is a support group for foreign students who want to come in Japan. And they did a survey back in January, and uh, about 40% of them were saying that uh, if they cannot enter Japan by April, which is the start of the academic year in mm. Japan, that they will, uh, you know, switch to another country or, you know, they would give up coming to Japan entirely. Wow, 40% is a very high number. I think they've been lim in limbo for so long, mm. so that's going to mess, mess up their their life mm -hmm. really bad. So I would understand they would think that way. Mm -hmm. So how have these people kind of reacted to the fact that, you know, there is a little kind of like a chink in the border, like a little right. bit of light coming through that they might be able to come to the country fairly soon? So they are uh, relieved about the border restrictions being eased, but they're really not sure if they're going to be able to come to Japan by April or any anytime soon. So they're cautiously optimistic, I would say, mm. that uh, because of, you know, what has been the case for the past two years, you know, when it opened borders and then it closed shut weeks later, they're kind of skepticism in, uh, in the air. Mm -hmm. So people are worried that, that something could happen again right, right. to shut the borders. Right. And how likely a scenario is that to happen? Have the government said at this point, you know, if, say, another variant of the virus, virus came along that was m more contagious or more deadly, would they consider shutting down the path to new entries again? I would think yes, because that's what happened with the Omicron and they shut the borders pretty quickly. And uh, that's, I guess that became the precedent. And we, if we see another very contagious, very deadly, very dangerous variant outbreak, uh, worldwide, then Japan would probably do what they did for the Omicron. One of Kishida's announcements was to shorten the quarantine requirements for people coming or returning to Japan from seven down to just three days, which is a pretty dramatic turnaround from the 14-day quarantine we saw not that long ago. So could you explain the new quarantine rules? Yeah, I was really surprised that they would do that because that's been a headache for a lot of people. And where you come from, am I like the seven-day seven period person, you know, six-day period, period person, 10-day period person? That's mm -hmm. all confusing. If it's shortened to three days, 
the life of people would be easier, I guess.、Mm-hmm. And it's all the same for people who are not vaccinated or vaccinated with two shots. So even if you are not vaccinated, you would be able to、uh, shorten the period for three days, given that you will be tested negative on the day three. Okay. And so people still. Have to take a test before coming to Japan, and then they have to test at the airport still, and then they have to test at day three to kind of be released from their quarantine. Correct. So before you come to Japan, you have to test negative within 72 hours before you come back to Japan, and then you're, you'll be tested at the airport, and、mm-hmm. then、uh, you can go to your, your home or venue of your choosing. And then on day three, if you test, Negative, then you're free to go. But、mm-hmm. if you don't take that test, you will still need to quarantine for seven days. I see. That's the default. Okay. And as part of this, like、uh, the bit that I was really surprised to read is that they said you would now be allowed to take public transport from airports back to the place that you're quarantined. Right. Right. Is that that's correct? That's correct. Right. Because this was a hugely expensive, like, I, I mean, I went to the UK in September and came back and I chose to go to Haneda because it was close to my home, but it was still kind of 12,000 yen or so to get a private taxi back to my house because I wasn't allowed to take、right. public transport. Right. So, I, yeah, I was, I was very surprised that they were, they were going to allow that level of freedom of people just arriving in the airport and、right. taking public transport straight to their house. Yeah, I think people in, living in Tokyo are you know, better than people who live in, for instance, like Hokkaido, for instance,、mm. because they're not allowed to take a domestic flight. So, I wonder what they've been doing、mm. to, to go back to their home. Would they be renting a car? Well, I've, I've, I've seen stories of people renting cars. I've seen、right. stories of people just renting a two week、oh, like right, apartment right. in Tokyo. In Tokyo, to and then. To do the quarantine in Tokyo so then they could take a flight or the Shinkansen up to、right. Hokkaido. So otherwise, yeah, it's like you know, to take a private taxi to Hokkaido, a thousand <laughs> kilometers north, is going to bankrupt a lot of people. So, that's going to be a very、yeah. uh, huge, huge uh, difference for、mm-hmm. people who's coming to. Japan, that they'll be able to, for instance, take Shinkansen to go to like Kyushu、mm-hmm. because there are limited airports that accept international flights. I think Haneda,、eh, Narita, and Kansai are at the three of them right now. So、mm-hmm. it's going to be a huge, huge difference. Yeah, for people who live f- far from those airports, it's going to make, make life much easier. And you mentioned that if you're either unvaccinated or you've had Two doses of the vaccine, you will be kind of eligible for this three day quarantine period if you take the test on the third day. What about people who've received a third dose of the vaccine, a booster shot? So, for people who've been boosted, who are arriving from a country where it's not an Omicron hotspot, will be exempt from quarantine, which means that you don't have to quarantine at all,、wow. which is quite. A big policy change, if you ask me.、Mm. But if you're coming from a、uh, Omicron hotspot, which is the case for a, lo- a majority of the Western countries, then you will be allowed to quarantine at home for three days instead of quarantine at a designated facility. Okay, so rather than flying from the UK, say, and Staying in a government hotel for three days and then being released, you'll be allowed to do that quarantine period at home if you've been boosted. Right. Okay. I mean, it does sound like, at least for returning travelers, and I guess this will apply to new people coming to Japan as well, things are 
becoming a lot easier. It'll be a lot smoother to get into the country right. with much reduced quarantine periods. Right. I guess the final category, and I know you said this, or I guess Kishida said this very clearly, was that tourists will not be allowed to come in still under these new restrictions. Is there any update from the government about when international tourism to Japan might be able to resume? No, no. And But Kishida was saying that he will continue to consider... He also said that it was the first step for easing the border controls. So hopefully, if the cases go down considerably in the coming months, tourists will be the next step. Hopefully, yes. Kanako, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. That was Kanako Takahara. Many thanks to her for joining me. And a transcript of this episode can be found on the Japan Times website, where you'll also find all the latest on the border situation as it develops. Also in the Japan Times this week, Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said on Wednesday that Japan will implement economic sanctions against Russia and two pro-Russian separatist regions in eastern Ukraine after Moscow formally recognised the areas and ordered the deployment of troops there. Further sanctions are being considered as the situation develops. In COVID-19 news, Japan is approaching its target of an average of 1 million COVID-19 booster shots per day, although the rollout is still well behind the government's goal of providing boosters to 30% of the country by the end of February. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much to everyone who's reached out to us recently with feedback about the show and about the new transcripts. If you're enjoying Deep Dive, then why not leave us a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? Pick a number between 1 and 10, divide it by itself, multiply it by 5 and give us that number of stars. You'll be amazed at what happens. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week talking with Craig Mod about his thousand kilometer walks across Japan. Until then, as always, Potskare Summer.